The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What are the most successful change leaders of today doing to deliver great results? Welcome to Inside Transformational Leadership with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program is produced by the Institute for Transformational Leadership at Georgetown University. We'll explore the inner game of transformational leadership, sharing insights from renowned leaders and faculty from our world-class leadership and coaching programs. Now, from Georgetown University, here is Kate Ebner. Good morning. I'm Kate Ebner, and today we have a treat for you. I have three guests who are here to talk about Search Inside Yourself, the groundbreaking leadership and self-development program that originated with an engineer from Google. Meng Tan is that engineer, and with Zen master Mark Lesser, he created a program that blends neuroscience, emotional intelligence, mindfulness, and human development in a way that has shifted lives. This work is being shared in companies and communities around the world. And here today to kick off our show is co-founder Mark Lesser. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Kate. I'm delighted that you're here, Mark, and especially because this for you is a, a return um, engagement since you and I had a chance to do it another radio show um, at an earlier time. But welcome back again. Thank you. It's really nice to, to be here again. Well, I'm glad you are. Today we also have two very talented Search Inside Yourself facilitators um, on our show. So we have three guests all together. Um, Linda Curtis and Simon Moyes are um, people who are working with these principles from Search Inside Yourself every day in their work. Um, Both are master facilitators who teach the methods of this program and will be soon at Georgetown University in early May bringing this program to our community. So if you're listening and you'd like to experience firsthand what we're talking about today, I really want to encourage you to go to Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. You can put in Search Inside Yourself or even probably just S-I-Y and you might find the opportunity to register for this program. We've done it once before and it's a phenomenal experience. So I want to welcome you this morning. Welcome, Linda, and welcome, Simon. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you both for being here. I thought we could start today with, you know, we have... um, we have the opportunity to really learn a lot about not only um, the origins of Search Inside Yourself, but actually how this work has been moving in the world, especially since um, it's really taken off over the past couple of years. And so I'd like to, Mark, begin with you and really help our, our listening audience understand what this is all about. And then I'd like to shift over in the second and third segments of the program to Linda and Simon to talk about how they're applying this work, what they're seeing, and what those of us who are listening can um, can do with these ideas. How does that sound? Sounds great. All right. So then, Mark, let's let's start with you. And I I, I mentioned as I as we opened the show that you were a co-founder of Search Inside Yourself. And I know that not everybody listening is familiar with the story. And I, I thought it might be a great great idea to just begin at the beginning and let you tell us how did this whole thing get started. Yeah, maybe I'll do the the, the thumbnail version, uh, which was. Um, 
Actually, it goes back to when uh, Meng, who was uh, Google employee uh, 107, so this was actually, Google was a, was a small company when he started working there, and, um, and, and he tells the story how it was, um, it was shortly after Google went public that he uh, had this aha that he didn't have to keep working as an engineer and can now do what was really in his, um, in his heart and could really fulfill a kind of dream that he felt like he was always there but had never really listened to before. And that dream that came up for him was that he wanted to do something that would help make the world a more peaceful place. And in fact, he even had this kind of audacious goal of wanting to create the conditions for world peace in his lifetime. And he started actually talking with people about it. And, and, um, and, uh, and little by little, um, he had this idea of creating a program uh, that would really combine kind of the, the, the depth of uh, wisdom teachings along with uh, how to help people be more uh, successful in the world and how to, become, how to help people become more successful leaders. And he, and he felt that the, the teachings that we have that were uh, the most available were under the heading of um, emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And um, so he started down the road of wanting to create an, an emotional, intelligent, uh, emotional intelligence program that brought in um, mindfulness, uh, mindfulness meditation, and, and he also wanted to make it very much um, science-based, um, wanted to make it a data, data-driven uh, program because he, initially the idea was to test it out on Google engineers. And um, so the, the first thing that they actually did was create the name for this program, and, um, and that the name Search Inside Yourself started out as kind of a joke, kind of a pun on, on Google's search. And then um, Meng started assembling a team of people to create uh, this program that, again, integrated these four, these four disciplines of leadership, mindfulness, emotional intelligence, and science. And uh, I was um, I was part of that that early team, and um, he brought in people like uh, Danny Goleman and John Kabat-Zinn, and some uh, scientists named Philippe Golden from Stanford, and some others were were all brought in to help create this program. And it got launched uh, inside of Google in 2007, and 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 right away was quite uh, well received. And then little by little, it built up to become. Uh, an extremely popular program inside of Google, in which, when they would announce the, the next uh, the next uh, class offering, it would fill up. Um, there, um, literally within 30 seconds, the class would get filled, and and then it was um, actually just about uh, just about three years ago that um, that Meng and I who we'd been having a series of conversations about. Um, maybe creating something to take uh, this work outside of Google. And um, in, um, in the spring of 2012, we created a, a nonprofit called Silly, the Search Inside Yourself uh, Leadership Institute, right? So the words, the, the acronym is S-I-Y-L-I, mm-hmm. and it, it, um, it just happens to have the, the sound silly, which actually has become a really important um, kind of branding element of that we use is that on the one hand we're we're quite um, 
we, we, we like to be uh, lighthearted in the way that we bring this work into the world. And on the other hand, we feel like there's a real seriousness and a real uh, depth to the work we do. So that's, the, that's in a nutshell, the, the story of how the Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute got started. Well, thank you for that. That's a, that is the thumbnail version of a really phenomenal story. And, um, you know, I remember, I think the fall of, of 2013, we invited um, Silly to come to um, the Institute for Transformational Leadership and debut, do its East Coast debut of the Silly program. We also found that program filled up and sold out in very short order. And people actually came from all over the country and even all over the world to participate in this learning experience, and so, you know, we're really delighted and excited to have you coming back. I have a quote that is um, from an article recently in Mindful Magazine about your program, and it's a quote from Meng, and his question was, what if people can use contemplative practices to help them succeed in life and at work? In other words, what if contemplative practices can be made beneficial both to people's careers and to business bottom lines? And I'm just sharing that 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 wonderful question that that um, is attributed to him, because I think that this idea that what's good for you is also good for the workplace and good for the business bottom lines is extremely compelling. And perhaps, um, you know, uh, at first it seems like a contradiction. I'm curious, Marcus, you've been building this and doing this work and, um, and, and, and going out into all kinds of workplaces, what would you say has been the impact of um, Search Inside Yourself for the participants who've, who've been a part of it? Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting, Kate, how there have been, um, we're still learning so much. You know, it's so interesting how much we're learning and, uh, and the impacts have been uh, surprising. Uh, and I would say one of the, one of the real uh, surprising impacts has been the power uh, and potency of uh, connection and community. You know, when um, that, that like when we, when we did our, uh, the two-day program that we did at Georgetown um, the, you know, uh, last year, that, um, that of the, the group that comes after, after two days of being together, there is this sense of connection, this sense of belonging, a sense of community uh, that forms, which we really were surprised by. And we've, we've found that to be true um, in lots of different environments. So the work we've done inside of corporations, and I was just thinking of a, a program that, um, that Linda Curtis and I uh, did uh, at Vanderbilt University um, some time ago, and also um, some work that Simon and I did in, inside of a, a company in uh, outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and this sense of um, I think there's a real yearning for uh, real con- real conversations, real listening, real meeting, and that's uh, that's a kind of a primary skill, a primary competency that feel like we're we're teaching so it's interesting language like you you use the word um you know con- contemplative which um again i um it it in some way i find i get a little queasy around that word especially when i see it next to business and you know and kind of corporate life uh, but um <laughs> but people really, really want to do it <laughs> <laughs> but, but really it's um it, to me, it's a, it's a word, 
it's, when we say contemplative, it's kind of a code word for uh, listening, yeah. for caring, for um, heart- heartfulness, you know, for um, transparency, openness, honesty. <coughs> it's kind of funny that these are words that get, um, these are the words that what, what we think of as, um, you know, contemplative, and yet, Maybe for a lot of a lot of people, these aren't the words that people associate, you know, with uh, the world of work, the world of cor- especially corporations. And I think uh, that's I think that's shifting. I think there's a shift that's happening, uh, you know, in general, maybe even worldwide. That's that that's happening. That that um, w- one is I think the uh, the the hunger for people to. You know, there, there's that expression to uh, leaving your soul at the parking lot is the kind of the old vision, and 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 this is the kind of the the opposite of that, maybe the antidote of that, and that um, and the realization that it's uh, actually not only good for the human spirit, but it happens to be really good, solid business practice. Well, that's a very thoughtful response, Mark. And, you know, it's, um, as, you know, as a leadership coach working with people one-on-one, I'm so keenly aware of how important it is to slow down and to give oneself space and to actually uh, contemplate uh, what's happening and, and who am I in this in this play of life and, and what is it that I'm bringing or would like to shift or change. And I know that Search Inside Yourself really works in, in sort of in three steps, you know, attention training, self-knowledge and self-mastery, and then creating useful mental habits. Can you say a little bit about how that works? Yeah, well, thank you for, you know, that's, um, <laughs> those are outlined. I, I often refer back to those, and they're actually right uh, right at the very beginning of Meng's book, you know, saying mm-hmm. that, that those are, that's one, one way that, that we talk about, we talk the, about this. Mm-hmm. the program. Yeah. And, and in some way it really makes a lot of sense. And, and, um, you know, right. That you start, uh, start by, you know, uh, calming the mind, which in a way is, is another way of saying, starting by, uh, seeing what is. And, and I, I often even use a uh, kind of sports, you know, kind of sports or athletic, um, you know, an- analogies for, for this training. It's like, if you, if you want to better your game, um, whether it's running or tennis or golf or whatever it is, you kind of start by seeing, you know, what, how do you, how do you use your body now? Like, so if you're a tennis player, what's, you know, what really works in your, in your swing and what needs to be changed. And in order to do that effectively, you kind of have to slow it all down and kind of really look closely and take it apart and often get some help, get some outside perspective. Uh, so, so this is, um, you know, this is kind of calming, calming the mind. Uh, and then the second, the second step of, um, which is very much kind of related, which is the step of insight or self-awareness. So you, you slow things down so that you can have a better sense of what's actually actually happening, and again, this works for whether we're talking about uh, how we um, how we hit a tennis ball or or how we communicate, how we lead meetings, and our, our leadership style. 
and then and then the third step is to then make make some shifts, make some conscious changes. So this is the the creating uh, healthy mental habits. So in this in the case of work and leadership, a healthy mental habit, you know, might be as simple as pausing, but it, you know, and then maybe taking that to becoming uh, becoming more uh, more responsive and less reactive, or more even more compassionate, more more caring. Um, so, I really like going back and forth and seeing. Oh, it's really not. It's really not all that uh, difficult and complicated if we look at it as. Oh, it's like it's not not so different than than becoming mm-hmm. a better athlete. Mm, I think that's a really nice um, metaphor for thinking about this, and I, and I I think part of what what attracted me to the presenting of it in these three steps is because I think you're right. I think it. It seems sometimes like we have to make these huge changes, but, you know, really training our attention to slow down and become aware of, as you said, what is, and then working to understand oneself, that self-knowledge, and, you know, I I love David White's um, Crossing the Unknown Sea work as a journey of identity, a pilgrimage of identity. I love the idea that in the workplace, especially, we're becoming who we are, and this is really where we where we are mastering ourselves for the sake of, I guess we could say, effectiveness on a daily basis. And, and also this is true at home, but I think work gives us the requirement to um, to become masters of ourselves. And so it's actually a wonderful connection to leadership. And then finally, the idea of creating useful mental habits, which sounds simpler than maybe it is in my experience. But I loved your examples because I think they're very accessible. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 it's, as I was saying that, Kate, I, I realized... You know, on the one hand, I I I think it's important that this work be um, presented in a way that is quite uh, simple and accessible and approachable. But I also don't want to leave out the part of it that there's a kind of um, there also is a real uh, depth and tra- and transformation that happens, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. um, and that in some way it's not so much about you know gaining, but it's about letting letting go of what's not. Of what's not working, and um, and op- opening up to your uh, to your real uh, inner intuition and inner wisdom. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Mark, I know that um, that you're going to say goodbye and go on in your day. I'm going to continue now with Linda and Simon, but I want to thank you again for joining the show and for your thoughtful um, opening up of this topic. Um, we think of you as a, a friend to our institute, and really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much, Kate. It's really my I'm honored to be here, and and um, and I look forward to listening uh, at a later at a later time to your conversation <laughs> with uh, with Linda and Simon. <clears throat> Thank you. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Founded in 2012, the Institute for Transformational Leadership, ITL, is an international center for inquiry, experiential education, and research about leadership 
in the 21st century. Our mission is to develop worldwide communities of transformational leaders and leadership coaches who are dedicated to engaging and providing the leadership needed for a more sustainable and compassionate future. We currently offer two cohort-based certificate programs, the ICF Accredited Certificate in Leadership Coaching and the Executive Certificate in Transformational Leadership. We also offer a range of ICF Certified Advanced Coach Education Master Courses for experienced leadership coaches. For more information about our programs and how to apply, visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. Email ITLprograms at georgetown.edu or call 202-687-7000. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Inside Transformational Leadership, Produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please send an email to itlprograms at georgetown.edu. Here again is your host, Kate Ebner. Welcome back once again. I'm here today with um, guests from Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute, also called Philly, um, for the second and third part of the show, my guests are Linda Curtis and Simon Moyes, both of whom facilitate the Search Inside Yourself program and have just a depth of experience to bring to us and share with us today. Um, I want to say a little bit more about you, Linda. I know that you have more than 20 years of real-world corporate executive experience and more than you know, 14 years of coaching and consulting with entrepreneurs, business owners, um, community leaders, corporate leaders, and that you have that unique, you know, that wonderful blend of firsthand organizational leadership experience and coaching, and that you are a mindfulness practitioner and teacher of um, search inside yourself and mindfulness and leadership. Um, so I, I think that you are in a wonderful position, actually, to help us translate some of what Mark was talking about into an understanding of what this really looks like in the real world. So I'm going to start with you, and then, um, Simon, I'll introduce you a little bit more in just a moment. Um, Linda, let's let's pick up where we left off. Um, we're talking with Mark about, um, about the sort of the simple but potentially transformative um, approach that Search Inside Yourself offers. And you know, I really heard him talking about how important it is to be able to connect. And I'd like to start there and ask you, why do you think this is important, especially in the business world or in the corporate world? Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. I, I really appreciated what Mark was saying about the, the value of this program. And it's so fun, and I think Simon would agree with this, when you're 
delivering this material to a, a group, as we'll do in, in May at Georgetown. And there is this wonderful uh, connection that takes place through conversation. And um, we talk about attention training and um, mindfulness. And, you know, the, the spoiler alert for that is really what we mean by that is present moment awareness, like being where you are when you're there. <laughs> yeah, well and that said. includes really being present to the person that's in front of you. And, you know, so often we're pulled like, oh, I, you know, um, this email, the next meeting, uh, the, the conversation I'm having later, uh, or, you know, Hawaii in the spring, whatever is, uh, you know, going on, but then to choose intentionally to be with another person and notice what's going on, and here's, here's another human being in front of me. And we create these, um, these opportunities for uh, mindful conversations where we bring our attention to another. And what's so fun is you'll hear, you'll hear colleagues that have worked together for years say, I learned something about uh, the person I spoke with that I listened to that I didn't know, and we've worked together for years. So there's this wonderful um, discovery that happens. And how can that be beneficial in the workplace? You know, what, what impact can that have? Well, it's obvious on one level that really focused attention and true listening to another person, you know, we all, we all strive for that. And attention training is, is really the most powerful way I've seen to make that possible, to make it easier, to make it a habit and the impact on business there is, is really profound in that I think what goes on is a, a huge time saving. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you about that. I really understand what you mean. And, and I often say to people, you know, if you're really bringing that present moment awareness, if you're really right there in the, with the people you're with, fully present, you will remember what happened. Mm-hmm. And you will be able to make decisions and you'll be able to take in different points of view and use your time so well, whereas we tend to be multitasking, thinking somehow that that's going to be more productive. Um, so I appreciate what you what you just said. And I wonder, you know, when we talk about connecting, and you were saying a minute ago that um, this attention training is the, the best way to help people connect with their potential for uh, present moment awareness and that this has a big impact on the business. What's the effect, do you think, that it has, Linda, on, on people? You know, what's it like to receive someone's present moment awareness? Well, on one hand, it's a huge gift. You know, it's a gift to be listened to and to really feel you've been heard. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to do for another person. So that, that's just, you know, that applies business, personal life, all the way around. But in business in particular... Uh, what it can do for an executive or a leader <clears throat> is really allow them, it, it's a way of sharpening discernment. Um, when you have that clarity of mind that comes from attention training and you bring that rested, calm mind to a conversation, it, you're able to see perhaps influences, factors, conditions that are going on about the business topic at hand um, that you might not see otherwise. Mm-hmm. And so um, you, you might notice that a person is hesitant or you might notice that maybe they have something to say and you just can discern from their body language that something is not being expressed or there's a feeling in the room 
you know, the elephant's in the middle and nobody's talking about that and people are uncomfortable. So how can we bring that forward? How, or how can, how can I as a leader <clears throat> leading this meeting or participating in this meeting raise a question that can bring that forward and make it possible for people to discuss it and be comfortable bringing things up that are difficult? So that can have profound impact on a bottom line, on a business, on a plan, on course correcting, um, uh, on a plan of action. So those, those very simple things, I think, have profound impact on on business and how people work together. And I think that's that's a really great point, and it certainly takes us one step farther than even the efficiencies that come with bringing full attention to really think about the ability to see differently what's happening in the yes. room, to be able to be connected with all of what's happening instead of maybe sort of zooming in on one issue or, right. um, you know, some other situation at hand. And, right. and I wonder... You know, how do you do it, right? So suppose somebody's listening right now and thinking, I really want to try this. What do you recommend? Um, well, uh, first would be to um, sit yourself down in your seat <laughs> and really bring yourself to the moment by noticing your feet on the floor and rear in chair, uh, you know, where, where are your hands. So, you, know, you don't have to sit in any particular way, but just to be relaxed and alert. And then... Notice your breathing. So this is a way of coming to the moment to put your attention on something, and that's something uh, we recommend as one way of practice is the breath. And so there's a way of settling oneself before you have the conversation. So first coming into oneself and then actually bringing that same kind of focused attention one might have on breath to uh, now the person in front of you or the group, you know, this meeting and, and what's going on here. What, do, what am I noticing in myself? Am I calm and relaxed? Do I notice that I'm um, anxious about something, which is, and without changing anything, am I notice I'm excited because it is a fun project and I'm glad I'm here? Or am I dreading something and what might that be? And then projecting that out and wondering, I wonder what might be going on for um, so-and-so here across from me, my colleague. Mm. I wonder, and, and starting to expand that <clears throat> into practicing with other people. So mm-hmm. we talk in, in emotional intelligence first, it starts with self self-awareness, and self-regulation. Mm-hmm. And, and if you notice, that, if you out, notice yeah. when you do the, when you begin that sort of process and you, 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 be, you bring your awareness to yourself and you notice your energy and your body and, you know, what's happening with you and you begin to connect through your breath. And then what if you discover in that process, like, oh, I'm, I'm really tense or I'm really stressed. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not in a good place for this discussion in some way. Um, I know a lot of my coaching clients find that they have difficulty being the person they intended to be <laughs> in certain sure. situations. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what happens next? Well, oh, I love that question, Kate. It's, it's, it, because the noticing is really like, I would, I'm going to just make up a figure, but from my experience, it's like 80% of it. <laughs> it's just really be aware because half the time people don't do that. They don't, they don't bring that kind of um, mindful awareness to where they're at and where they're operating from so that then they can move from a place of choice versus compulsion about how they will proceed. What is an appropriate response now? 
um, you know, noticing that we might be triggered by something that's going on or just noticing in ourselves that um, we are anxious about something and taking time then to inquire, what am I anxious about? Uh-huh. What, what is there here? Like, what is it? Is it something about me and not um, being good enough? You know, am I anxious about how I'm going to look in this meeting? Which is something we all do, but to bring some awareness to that, or am I am I feeling like I don't trust the situation? Do I feel like I can't trust myself in this situation, or is there somebody else, or is the circumstance, the condition, something I'm not feeling trusted, trustworthy in? Uh, so that you can um, then, with that awareness, perhaps discern what how you want to proceed, what questions oh, okay. you want to ask, what do I need to do, what actions might I take, uh, given what I'm aware of. And that's where choice comes into it, it sounds like. So I discover that I'm, I'm feeling anxious about something and I have a concern or I'm, I'm feeling um, at risk in some way or uh, worried about time or whatever it is that's going on. Yes. And you're saying that simply noticing that will create the possibility that I can, um, I, I can change that, that I can shift that. You know, simply noticing my uh, state allows me to say, okay, what do I need to do next? Do I need to just be quiet here for a minute? Do I, can I use my breath to get more centered? You know, shall I practice good listening since I'm a little worried what I might say? <laughs> right, <laughs> all of those are viable. Maybe. I'll give you a really quick example of an uh-huh. executive client who's working with recently, and she's in the meeting with the boss and a few other people, and they're, they're giving her a new project. It's like, okay, will you please, this is the latest thing, and we need you to handle this now. And here's your budget, here's, you know, the resources. And she noticed in herself, because she's been practicing this, this anxiety, and was able to, and made, made a very conscious choice based on what was the physiological responses in her body. She realized, I'm anxious, and she was able to verbalize, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I, it's very interesting to me, and I will tell you I'm concerned about the other things I'm working on and that my team has and how this is all going to get fit in and how it's all going to get done. And just to say that out loud, I mean, that's a very honest uh, response and a very important thing to say. And, you know, she's like, I'm wondering if all of these other things we already had before still have the same relevance given this new priority. Because if they don't, I think I'd like to think this through and perhaps delay or push out some of the deliverables on these other projects and put our focus here. I see. I see. see that's, that's a very a great healthy example. conversation. It's <laughs> that a very comes from awareness about what's, what's you know, going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Simon, I'm making my way over to you in this conversation, and I'm I'm uh, I'm curious as you're listening to this, what you'd like to add about what this approach, you know, the search inside yourself approach offers to people as you work with them. What do you notice and happens when people start to practice this? I think there are, there are two main aspects, particularly to the self-awareness or the attention training. One, one piece is that I think we often associate meditation or mindfulness training with becoming very calm. And that calmness can be very useful. But another aspect of the, the fruits or the benefits of a mindfulness training is this alert attention. So when we're, ta- when we're training attention, we're paying attention to what's happening And that increases the acuity or the ability to see things clearly. 
So the image of someone relaxing in a silent place in sitting cross-legged with a smile on their face, that's one very nice image, and it can be useful to train in somewhere that's um, quiet and calm. So maybe in the morning, sitting just for a few minutes can be very beneficial. But the real fruits come in the midst of the craziness of our life, in the midst of an intense situation at work where a project is behind schedule and a key piece breaks down. Someone doesn't provide the piece that we need to continue working. And then we get a call from our boss saying that actually something else is more important. We see a text from our partner saying that they're in trouble and they've gone to the hospital. All this kind of intensity can arise. How can we train in a way that we can be centered and grounded with a mind that's clear, open, and alert so that we can respond well to any situation. And I think that that phrase of moving from compulsion to choice, what's the state of mind that we can cultivate that will allow that um, to happen most fully? And at Search Inside Yourself, we suggest that the basis of that is attention training. And the mind that we're wanting to cultivate is one that's buoyant, bright, and open. And that can look like calmness, but it can also look like a potential to respond incredibly quickly in the midst of something very, very intense. I love what you've just said, especially the, um, the I, I want to say the, the real world aspect of, um, you know, what happens is one thing maybe to, to practice this when you sort of have the, you know, not, nothing's at stake, but what about those times when, Everything's happening at once when you have to act quickly and and calm is needed and valued, but perhaps um, perhaps it would be even better to bring this buoyancy and brightness and openness you know and so i'm I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm, and, and I'm, I'm, I really want to say for our listeners that um, that this is something not to not to pull pull into life for the, for those special times but actually to work on learning how to do every day in all kinds of situations. Um, thank you for that um, set of ideas and, and this idea about um, sort of a mindful acuity, um, Simon, that you brought to us. Um, I want to go back to you, Linda. We just have a few seconds left before we take a break. But what's one thing that you wish people knew about attention training? One thing I wish I knew? Um, that, we, that you wish people knew, people who are listening. That it's um, pragmatic and available all the time. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> We're going to take a break right now. This is Kate Ebner. My guest today, Linda Curtis and Simon Moyes, also earlier Mark Lesser from Search Inside Yourself. We'll be right back after the break to learn more from Simon about how he's using this work with young people and more broadly. We'll be right back. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Founded in 2012, the Institute for Transformational Leadership, ITL, 
is an international center for inquiry, experiential education, and research about leadership in the 21st century. Our mission is to develop worldwide communities of transformational leaders and leadership coaches who are dedicated to engaging and providing the leadership needed for a more sustainable and compassionate future. We currently offer two cohort-based certificate programs, the ICF Accredited Certificate in Leadership Coaching and the Executive Certificate in Transformational Leadership. We also offer a range of ICF-certified Advanced Coach Education Master Courses for experienced leadership coaches. For more information about our programs and how to apply, visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. Email itlprograms at georgetown.edu or call 202-687-7000. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Inside Transformational Leadership, produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please send an email to itlprograms at georgetown.edu. Here again is your host, Kate Ebner. Thank you for joining me and our guest today in this hour. We've been talking about uh, the realities of, of uh, leadership um, in the real world and the way that greater complexity for all of us as we navigate organizational life and probably personal life as well requires greater clarity inside yourself. We've been talking about the Search Inside Yourself um, program and also the Institute, and I'm delighted that our guest today, um, Linda and Simon, will both be facilitating at Georgetown University in early May. If you'd like to participate firsthand in this exciting work, we invite you and would love to welcome you to that program. We were talking with Linda quite a lot before the last break about how she sees this work making a difference in organizational life, and Simon, I'd like to turn to you, and I know that you specialize in helping um, people in modern life actually uh, access some of the ancient teaching of um, uh, 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 that of mindfulness, but also um, you know practices that have been around a long time and that are particularly helpful to young people. I'm aware that you lead the Young Urban Zen program in San Francisco, where you're bringing ancient teachings to a new generation of people in their 20s and 30s. And I'm also aware that uh, the work you do has a high attraction for people in their 20s and 30s, that this isn't um, just for um, people in their 40s and and 50s who are grappling with big leadership roles, but actually has enormous appeal to people at every age and stage of life. So I'd like to to start off maybe by asking you to describe for us the work that you're doing 
and how that's informing you as you teach Search Inside Yourself. Yeah, thank you. Um, the, the work with Young Evans Zen and also Search Inside Yourself, many of the people um, who, who take part in the Search Inside Yourself program are in their 20s and 30s as well as, as, well as older. And I think particularly in, in that age group, there's, there's uh, people have passed through the education system. They are in work. They kind of settled into their work life. And often in the late 20s, there's a looking again at, huh, this is, this is kind of working. This is, what, um, this is what I was wanting to do. But is this really, is this really um, the way that I want to engage in the world? Not just in terms of what I'm doing, but more importantly, how the mind is functioning. And when I was, uh, when I was first introduced to meditation techniques about 20 years ago, I was really struck that I'd been, I initially trained as an architect and then worked as an architect. And I'd been through 20 years of extraordinary education in England. And no one had taught me to look at the mind, to train the mind in a particular way and then turn it back on itself. And I was really, when I started to explore, um, meditation, mindfulness practices, I became incredibly um, interested in that and actually left my, much to the chagrin of my mother, left my budding architecture career and headed off to the Himalayas and uh, for about six years uh, studied and traveled doing a lot of meditation retreats and then became a Zen monk for four years and then became really interested in bringing these teachings back into the more conventional modern world and how these teachings, which people have been studying, as you said, for thousands of years, how the mind works, what's the best way of engaging as a human in the world, how those teachings are relevant to our life, our contemporary and often um, urban intense life. I I thank you for sharing that story, and I, I imagine that for your mother this decision to step outside of being an architect and, and architecture and, and go to the Himalayas and learn this must have been as if you took a left turn suddenly. <laughs> but I am, I, I, I am um, hearing as you're telling your story uh, how you came into this work um, that, that your, your mission in some way is to, is to be a bridge perhaps for ancient teachings into modern life and you've helped so many people um, along the way. Um, tell us about young urban Zen and what you see when you bring this work to young people. Yeah. Well, young urban Zen um, is uh, is a group of people, as I said, in their twenties and thirties, and they're in San Francisco. Many of them are working in the tech industry. Some of them are studying still. Um, and there's often a there's often intensity of urban life, the intensity of work. There's a there's a desire to look again at how to live within within that paradigm, within that context. And the, the very simple practices of stopping and paying attention to what the mind is doing. Often that initially when we stop, if it's just for a couple of minutes and pay attention as Linda was introducing to the breath, a classical um, way of paying attention, the breath is always with us. It also lands our attention in the body. One thing that we notice is the mind is incredibly active, very, very active. And one of the benefits of uh, a mindfulness training can be the ability to calm the mind at will. So in the midst of something um, 
intense or rapid happening, we can bring the mind to a clear, focused attention. In Search Inside Yourself, we say that we live in a VUCA world, V-U-C-A, which is actually a, a term VUCA that was developed um, by the military. And it stands for volatile, which change happens rapidly on a large scale. It's uncertain. The future cannot be predicted with precision. It's also complex. Challenges are complicated by many factors. And the last letter, A, it's ambiguous. There's little clarity on both problems and solutions. And the mind, and I was teaching at uh, Google LA last week, and uh, someone reported that often they're awake at three in the morning. Their mind is spinning. They have a work deadline. They have all kinds of ideas, some of which are really wonderful and creative, um, and they write them down. But then it's three in the morning. They want to, they want to have some more sleep. Mm-hmm. A mindfulness practice can be a way of down-regulating the system so that we can, we can relax and sleep. A very useful tool that people in young urban zen, people in busy work, whatever age, it's a really useful skill. The other, the other aspect is the ability to increase the attention, attentional acuity or the precision of attention. There's an amazing study um, that was done basically to do with something called the attentional blink. And what it showed was that... Um, people who had been meditating for in this in this study for three months, they were their minds were sharper at being able to notice things more quickly. So again, one aspect of mindfulness can be the ability to calm the mind. The other the other quality that it can bring up is an increased sharpness or um, clarity in the mind. Mm-hmm. And both of those things are incredibly beneficial, particularly to younger people. Mm. Thank you. You've just given us such, such some really great things to think about. I had I had not heard of VUCA before, but volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous. We live in a VUCA world, and this idea of um, mindfulness as a way of, um, I suppose, surviving even this VUCA world. And I, I love your idea also about intentional blinks and the need for this increased acuity and, and, and sharpness. How, how do young people particularly benefit from this? You mentioned that for many young people, this is really helpful. Yeah. Well, I think that, that ability to downregulate, the ability to calm the mind, and then the ability to train the attention to see things really clearly, that's useful in all kinds of aspects. Mm-hmm. I, I, have a, um, I have a problem that I'm working on at work, and I've trained the mind so that I can just stay attentive to that. And rather than the mind skipping off in all different directions about all kinds of different things, I can just allow that attention to settle onto that problem and stay there. Very simple. I love that. That's really another, Go ahead. Another aspect of it is that the attention can be turned in towards the self. So that I can become more and more aware of the subtle emotional changes that are going on. Yeah. I remember being at a meeting a few weeks ago uh, with a team of people and before I went into the meeting, I had a conversation with one of my colleagues, and I let her know an idea that I had for this project. And halfway through the meeting, I noticed that I was getting hot, that there was tension in my shoulders, that my forehead was kind of scrunching. And I thought, huh, that's strange. I, I normally associate all these sensations with anger. I think, what's, mm. what's going on? And then I realized that this, the colleague, in my view, was completely misrepresenting what I'd said to her before. Oh. And I felt this 
once I recognized that, I felt the indignation, I felt the righteousness come up in me. Mm. Unfortunately, having done some attention training, I was able to self-regulate. I was able to pause, stop, take a breath. And then I said, um, I wonder if I could check something out with you. Um, what did you hear me say just before the meeting? And she reflected back what she heard me say. I said, oh, actually, what I meant to say was blah, 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 blah. And she said, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was a little confused by what you said, but now you've, now you've said it more clearly. That really helps. And off we went in the meeting. Wonderful. And that, that ability to move from compulsion to choice, particularly around emotions that are very fiery, that are very, mm -hmm. sometimes come up very quickly, that attention training can allow us to catch an intense emotion before it spills out. The number of times in my life, both my work life, my emotional life, my family life, I wish that I had been able to catch myself just before I said something that was inappropriate or with just a little too much charge or when the boss was in the room, it really wasn't a good thing to say. Yeah, um, that's great. That. Well, you know, you just illustrated beautifully what I think Linda was really describing um, earlier and, and I gave such a great personal example. It reminds me of, I've been noticing how my dog, who's very intense and vigilant, she will have the urge to bark, and I can see the bark coming up in her throat before she actually barks it, and it, I can see it in her eyes, <laughs> and then it, and then suddenly it comes out. I mean, it's almost like, boom, the bark. But I, I watching her, she, I can see she's actually in choice. Is she going to or not? She usually does. But it's, but it's very interesting to think about that bark, you know, to think about that intense emotion that that um, that comes up in us before we before we say it, before we do something, and to be able to um, have a choice instead of the compulsion to just bark. Um, thank you so much for, sh for sharing that. You know, we just have a couple minutes left, believe it or not, and I wondered um, if, if I'd like to give each of you a chance to, um, to just make an invitation to people to, who might be thinking about coming to our program in May or perhaps reading the Search Inside Yourself book. Um, Linda, what what would what's your invitation? What would you like to invite them to learn? Oh, I I think it would be um, the opportunity to uh, learn more about attention training and mindfulness if if you uh, don't know about it, and if you do, to come and practice with us. There's something really powerful and lovely about being with a group of people and learning about something and then practicing it together. And, uh, you know, an invitation to um, learn more about that and how that can be applied very specifically in your own life day to day. To, you know, to walk away at the end of those two days with some clarity and aspiration around how you would like to practice this in your own life. Beautiful. Thank you so much for putting it that way. Simon, how about you? What's the invitation? I think the invitation is that there are many there are many good ideas around mindfulness. There's there's many wonderful teachings, and the training that we're going to be offering uh, in Georgetown. One of the great things about it is it involves a lot of practice. It involves a lot of practical exercises. It enjoys it involves a lot of little attention trainings. So it's a way of really grounding what what many good ideas and many people think. Oh yeah, attention training that would be good. But it, it's a way of beginning to um, 
practice and integrate those practices into one's life. So it's a really, it's a really kind of grounded, hands-on exploration of these amazing techniques and ideas. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for being with me today. Um, you're listening to Inside Transformational Leadership. Our guests are from the Search Inside Yourself Institute, Linda Curtis and Simon Moyes. We also had Mark Lesser early in the hour. Uh, thank you for listening, and I look forward to being with you again next week. Thank you both for being with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on Inside Transformational Leadership. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Kate Ebner, next Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our programs, please visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. We'll talk again next week.